Well, hello and welcome to Bible Prophecy for today. This channel is where I discuss controversial topics and news headlines that you're not going to hear about in the mainstream media. And I do it all from a West Texans biblical point of view. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Bible Prophecy for today. Uh, so thankful you guys joined me today as we close our study of the Great Tribulation as it was prophesied in the book of Revelation out of the Bible. So this is exciting and uh, we're going to go ahead and close this out today. And um, man, let's just dive into it. So I'm going to be reading out of the, um, the first part of this will be uh, the New King James Version. And uh, I'll be reading out of uh, the Warren Wearsby Study Bible. But first, let's go ahead and read uh, chapter 21, verses 1 through 10. All things made new. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, uh, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and their God. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexual, immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. The New Jerusalem. Then the one... Uh, then one of the angels, seven angels who had the seven bowls filled with the, la with the seven last plagues came to me and talked with me, saying, Come, I will show you the bride, the lamb's wife. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me the great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God. Folks, this is, this is beautiful. This is absolutely beautiful. And I will go ahead and read uh, verses 12. And I may overlap here, but I do want to read um, the Holman Christian Standard uh, Bible verses. Also, um, not the entire chapter 21, but just when it comes to the measurements and the description, because I love the way it's written. Also, she had a great and high wall with 12 gates and 12 angels at the gates and names written on them, which are the names of the 12 tribes of the children of Israel. Three gates on the east, three gates on the north three gates on the south and three gates on the west. Now the wall of the city had 12 foundations and on them were the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. And he who talked with me had a gold reed to measure the city, its gates and its wall. The city is laid out as a square. Its length is, a, is, uh, is as great as its breadth. And he measured the city with the reed. So I'm going to stop there because I'll pick up 
in the HCSB because it breaks it down a little bit easier to understand these measurements and our our kind of measurements, not what they measured back in biblical times. But anyway, so I wanted to read this this study note really quick uh, from the Warren Wiersbe um, uh, study Bible, and he says this is chapter uh, Revelation twenty one. He says, "Looking to heaven, he says heaven is more than a destination; it is a motivation. Knowing that we will dwell in the in the heavenly city ought to make a difference in our lives here." And now the vision of the heavenly city motivated the patriarchs as they walked with God and served him. That's Hebrews chapter uh, 11 verses 10 and 13 through 16. Knowing that he was returning to the father in heaven also encouraged Jesus Christ as he faced the cross, which is Hebrews 12 to 2, uh, 12 verse 2. The assurance of heaven must not lull us into complacency or carelessness, but spur us to fulfill our spiritual duties. The eternal city is so wonderful that the best way John found to describe it was by contrast. And he says, no more. Revelation 21.4, so no more crying, no more sorrow, right? So the believers who first read this inspired book must have rejoiced to know that in heaven there would be no more pain tears, sorrow, or death, for many of their number had been tortured and slain. In every age, the hope of heaven has encouraged God's people in times of suffering. It may be an encouragement to you today as well. And so, as we jump forward and read the description here shortly, uh, I just want this to be an encouragement to you guys that remember there shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying and God himself will wipe away every tear. How amazing is that? Uh, what, what a blessing and what an encouragement. What a comfort to know how much God loves us. And he, even in his word, it says he knows he has every single tear we've ever cried in a bottle. How amazing is that? How amazing is our God? How compassionate and loving is our Heavenly Father? Another one I wanted to read out of was um, Dr. David Jeremiah's study Bible. Okay, so if you have his study Bible, you'll know that he has articles written in there throughout it, along with tons and tons of notes, right? So this one is in Essentials of the Christian Faith, and this is the New Jerusalem, uh, Revelation chapter 21, uh, verses 1 and 2. And it kind of creeps into 22, uh, chapter 22 through verse 5 as well. But the longing for a future glorious city of God can be traced back to the time of the Old Testament patriarchs. Abraham awaited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. And that's uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 10. The term New Jerusalem uh, is just one of several names given to this future city of God. It is also called the Holy City, the Heavenly Jerusalem, Mount Zion. And uh, the city um, of God. And it's also called um, in the bride of the lamb. Many theologians refer to the new Jerusalem as the crown of the new creation. Perhaps nothing in Christianity has been caricatured as much as heaven or represented as inaccurately. The Bible presents heaven as a very tangible place. A city called the new Jerusalem on a new earth. Revelation 21 through verses uh, through chapter 22 verse 5 describes the characteristics of this place preparation in heaven the apostle john saw the new jerusalem descending from heaven to earth dispelling the notion that our eternal home is up in heaven instead heaven comes to earth uh, absence of sin sin has been paid for and satan will have been banished to the lake of fire 
for eternity. The tragic effects of sin on this present world will be absent from the New Jerusalem, for the former things have passed away. Those former things include those who, during their life on earth, preferred sin over righteousness indescribable beauty. John describes the beauty of the new Jerusalem using the language at his disposal. So, but one gets the impression that John is trying to describe the indescribable. Some of the traditional images of heaven, the pearly gates and the streets of gold have their origin in John's characterization. The number 12 occurs eight times in John's description of the city, referring to gates and foundations and the angels, tribes and apostles associated with them. 12 is the number of the people of God. The city's 12 foundations are probably not separated um, from each other, he says, but are 12 layers encircling the city. Its brilliant colors would blend, uh, would then blend together and add to its beauty. Folks, it is going to be magnificent. That's why we have to have brand new bodies. We can't go in with the bodies that we have now. No. How exciting is that? How exciting? So anyway, uh, Dr. David Jigermine continues. He says, gigantic proportions. So the New Jerusalem is a cube measuring 1,400 miles on each side. It is notable that the most holy place inside the tabernacle was cubical in shape as well. At 1,960,000 square miles, the New Jerusalem that John uh, describes is nearly four times the size of the largest American state. Alaska. It is an inclusive city with room for people redeemed from every tribe, tongue, and nation throughout all history. A godly city. Um, in this Jerusalem, there is no house of worship for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The glory of God illuminates it and the Lamb is its light. There will be nations on the new earth, but they will be free to come and go through the gates of the city. Gates that are always open because there is no fear of attack. The, go the gates are never closed for the same reason the walls measure only 250 feet high, short in comparison to the area they enclose because they are meant only to outline the city's limit uh, limits. Uh, the chief characteristic of the city is its holiness. The 12 gates are really a part of the wall that surrounds the city. John sees the wall glittering like a diamond bracelet, a city of life. A river of life flows uh, from God's throne, watering trees that bear food uh, for the inhabitants, as in the beginning, for eternal occupations. Um, God's servants will have fulfilling work to do uh, that fits them, and they will rule with Jesus over the new creation forever, forever and ever. How amazing is that? So he goes on to say, and he says, sometimes heaven is referred to as a country. And we think of its vastness. Sometimes heaven is referred to as a city. And we think of its inhabitants. Sometimes heaven is called a kingdom. And we think of its orderliness. Sometimes heaven is called um, a kingdom. And we think of its orderliness. Sometimes heaven is called paradise. And we imagine its beauty. But when we call heaven the father's house. We think of intimacy and permanency. The most important feature of this Jerusalem. Is that God and the lamb will be there forever. Oh, isn't it nice to just sit here and contemplate that? Wow. Just think about that for a moment. And then we'll pick up uh, verses um, 11, I believe, in the Holman Christian Standard uh, Bible coming up next. Okay. So let's continue this uh, verse. I'm going to read this out of the Holman Christian Standard Bible because it breaks down these measurements a little bit easier for us to understand and gives good footnotes. Now, this is the old HCSB, not the new CSB. Okay, 
So let's see here. So let's pick up in verse 15. The one who spoke with me had a gold measuring rod to measure the city, its gates and its walls. The city is laid out in a square. Its length and width are the same. He measured the city with the rod at 12,000 stadia. And so a stadia is 600 feet. And so 12,000 stadia is 1,400 miles. So 1,400 miles. Okay, so its length, width, and height are all equal. Then he measured its wall, and it's 144 cubits according to human measurements, which the angel used. So the building material of its wall was jasper, and the city was pure gold like clear glass. The foundations of the city a uh, wall were adorned with every kind of precious stone. The first foundation was jasper, the second was sapphire, the third was chalcedony, the fourth was emerald, the fifth was sardonyx, uh, the sixth was carnelian, the seventh is chrysolite, the eighth is beryl, the ninth is topaz, the tenth is chrysophrase, the eleventh is jacinth, and the twelfth is amethyst. So the 12 gates are 12 pearls. Each individual gate was made of a single pearl. The broad street of the city was pure gold like transparent glass. I did not see a sanctuary in it because the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb are its sanctuary. The city does not need a sun or the moon to shine on it because God's glory illuminates it and its lamp is the lamb. The nations will walk in its light and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. Each day its, each day its gates will never close because it will never be night there. They will bring the glory and honor of the nations into it. Nothing profane will ever enter it. No one who does what is vile or false, but only those written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Okay, so I want to read you guys a an article here from the Study Bible, uh, Dr. David Jeremiah. If you don't have his Study Bible, I highly encourage you to get it. It's got a lot of great, I mean, a lot of great information. Tons, as a matter of fact. All his notes are in there. And um, another book, and I actually picked this guy up. Um, at a goodwill yesterday, I was just out, you know, shopping around, just, you know, getting some exercise, enjoying the beautiful day. And I picked up this little book and it's called Answers to Questions About Living in the Last Days. It's David Jeremiah. And I bet you can find it um, online. You can probably get it on Amazon or eBay or, um, you know, as a matter of fact, I do believe the um, the goodwill is it the Goodwill? Maybe the thrift store? They have like a website. And so if they have it cataloged in one of their stores, they can ship it to you. That's how I got my home. One of my home and Christian standard apologetics Bible is it was on eBay. And I guess Goodwill puts their stuff on eBay, which is kind of cool. Um, but anyway, and I got it at a really, really ridiculously great price. So I'm sure this is out there. And um, if not, you can find it somewhere. It's got all kinds of stuff. It's got culture. Uh, it's like, why is it important to understand the times we live in? Um, you know, how can I how can I be uh, strong and fearless in my faith in today's world? And uh, this one was actually updated in 2019. So I had had one and uh, it was an older version. It was like from like, I think 2009. So this one's completely updated. And uh, so, yeah, there's a lot of good stuff in here. And I may actually go through that. I may dig out some scriptures and may do another uh, podcast on that in between headlines and stuff 
But uh, like I said, this was so important that, you know, this needed to be done. The tribulation and the study in, in the book of Revelation needed to be done because we are living in the end days and we're not guaranteed our next breath. Um, another little book that I was able to pick up there was Perfect Trust. Uh, by Charles Swindoll and uh, Chuck Swindoll. I really do like Chuck Swindoll. I have his study Bible as well. And uh, so it was a pretty neat little um, book, especially with, you know, when you got things going on in your life, like I do, uh, health issues and that kind of thing. Um, it's nice to know that we can always trust God. Um, we can trust him to get us to heaven. We can trust him in this life, right? And so Jesus promises um, to never leave us nor forsake us. And so, um, you know, that's my, that's where I have my faith and my trust that no matter what happens, God will always be there for me. And so, and he will be there for you too, if you're a Christian. And so let's jump into this article. This is Essentials of the Christian Faith. And this is his uh, take on the new Jerusalem. We just read that in Revelation 21 verses 1 through 2. So it says the longing uh, for a future glorious city of God can be traced back uh, to the time of the Old Testament patriarchs. So Abraham waited for the new or waited for the city which has foundations whose builder and maker is God. And that's Hebrew uh, chapter 11, 12. The term New Jerusalem is just one of several names given to this future city of God. It's also called the Holy City, the Heavenly Jerusalem, the uh, Mount Zion, uh, the Bride of the Lamb. And many theologians refer uh, to the New Jerusalem as the crown of the new creation. Perhaps nothing in Christianity has been uh, caricatured as much as heaven or represented as inaccurately. The Bible presents heaven as a very tangible place, a city called the New Jerusalem on a new earth. And so uh, Revelation chapters 21 verse 1 all the way through chapters 22 verse 5 describe the characteristics of this place, which we'll get into the next chapter here shortly. Um, so the preparation in heaven, the apostle John saw the new, Je new Jerusalem descending from heaven to earth, dispelling the notion that our eternal home is up in heaven. Instead, heaven comes down to earth. So absence of sin, sin has been paid for and Satan will have been banished to the lake of fire for eternity. So I, I'm going to throw in here, if we look back to the last chapter that we just studied, um, all of sin, all, all sinners, men, demons, the false prophet, the beast, Satan, all of them are in the lake of fire for eternity. So none of that will be in this new heaven and new earth that Jesus Christ has prepared for us. And so um, back here, he says, um, so he picks up and he says, the tragic F, the tragic effects of sin on this present world will be absent from the new Jerusalem for the former things have passed away. Those former things include those who uh, during their life on earth preferred sin over righteousness. The indescribable beauty. John describes the beauty of the new Jerusalem using the language at his disposal. But one gets the impression that John is trying to describe the indescribable. Some of the tradition, traditional images of heaven like the pearly gates and streets of gold have their origin in John's characterization. The number 12 occurs eight times in John's description of the city, referring to gates and foundations and the angels, tribes, and apostles associated with them. 12 is the number of the people of God. The city's 12 foundations are probably not separate. I'm sorry, are probably not separated from each other, but are 12 layers encircling the city. Its brilliant colors would then blend together and add to its beauty. Folks, oh my goodness, I can't imagine how beautiful it's going to be. Our words, we can't, I don't, that's why we need a whole new body um, to be able to enter into this new heaven and new earth. How exciting. 
So a gigantic proportions. So the New Jerusalem, Jerusalem is a cube measuring 1,400 miles on each side. It is noted that the most holy place inside the tabernacle was cubical in shape as well. So at 1,960,000 square miles, the New Jerusalem that John describes is nearly four times the size of the largest American state. Alaska. It is an inclusive city with room for people redeemed from every tribe, tongue, and nation throughout all history. A godly city. In this, this is just a city, folks. That's just the city. <laughs> That's how big just the city is going to be. Anyway, and it goes up, right? Um, so anyway, a godly city. In this Jerusalem, there is no house of worship for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. So the glory of God illuminates it and the Lamb is its light. There will be nations on the new earth, but they will be free to come and go through the gates of the city. So gates that are always open. Because there is no fear of attack, the gates are never closed. For the same reason, the walls measure only 250 feet high. So earlier when we talked about the cubits, right? So a cubit um, is 18 inches. And so if you do the 144 cubits, you get 2,000 and some odd inches. You convert that to feet and it comes up to about 250 feet in height. So short in comparison to the area they enclose because they are meant only to outline the city's limits. So the chief characteristic of the city is its holiness. The 12 gates are really a part of the wall that surrounds the city. John sees the wall glittering like a diamond bracelet. Wow. So a city of life. So a river of life flows from God's throne, watering trees that bear fruit for the inhabitants uh, as in the beginnings. So that's kind of cool. This is uh, into chapter 22, which we haven't read yet. But anyway, for uh, eternal occupations, God's servants will have fulfilling work to do that fits them. And they will rule with Jesus over the new creation forever. So sometimes heaven is referred to as a country and we think of it, uh, think of its vastness. Sometimes heaven is referred to as a city and we think of its inhabitants. Sometimes he says heaven is called a kingdom and we think of its orderliness. But he says uh, sometimes heaven is called paradise and we imagine its beauty. But when we call heaven the father's house, we think of intimacy and permanency. So the most important a feature of this new Jerusalem is that God and the Lamb will be there forever. And we will dwell with them forever. Folks, how exciting is that? I mean, when you think about this world right now that is passing away, can you imagine um, how exciting it's going to be when the new heaven and the new earth come? When God comes, when Jesus comes and and I mean literally crushes evil and throws it all into the lake of fire. Wow, guys, it is exciting. So I want to go ahead and read uh, chapter uh, 22 in the book of Revelation. Okay, so I'm going to read this out of uh, the Holman Christian Standard Bible, the HCSB Bible. Number one, it's my giant print. <laughs> and number two, um, I like the, the, the language that it uses. So the source of life. So then he showed me the river of living water, sparkling like crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb down the middle of the broad street um, of the city. So the tree of life was on both sides of the river, bearing 12 kinds of fruit, producing its fruit every month. 
the leaves of the tree are for healing the nations and there will no longer be any curse the throne of god and of the lamb will be in the city and his slaves will serve him they will see his face and his name will be on their foreheads night will no longer exist and people will not need lamplight or sunlight because the Lord God will give them light and they will reign forever and ever. It says the time is near. So listen to this, folks. This is the blessing. So this is ch uh, chapter 22, beginning in verse 6. So then he said to me, these words are faithful and true. And the Lord, the God of the spirits of the prophets, has sent his angel to show his slaves what must quickly take place. Look. I am coming quickly. The one who keeps the prophetic words of this book is blessed. I, John, am the one who heard and saw these things. When I heard and saw them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who showed them to me. But he said to me, don't do that. I am a fellow slave with you, your brothers, the prophets, and those who keep the words of this book. Worship God. He also said to me, don't seal the prophetic words of this book because the time is near. Let the unrighteous go on in unrighteousness. Let the filthy go on being made filthy. Let the righteous go on in righteousness. And let the holy go on being made holy. Look, I am coming quickly. And my reward is with me to repay each person according to what he has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes so that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter the city by the gates. Outside are the dogs, the sorcerers, the sexually immoral, the murderers, the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices lying. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to attest these things to you from the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright morning star. Both the spirit and the bride say, come. Anyone who hears should say, come. And the one who is thirsty should come. Whoever desires should take the living water as a gift. I testify to everyone who hears the prophetic words of this book. If anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of this prophetic book, God will take away his share of the tree of life in the holy city written in this book. He who testifies about these things says, Yes, I am coming quickly. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with all saints. Amen. So here we have a blessing and we have a warning. So the big dire warning is to anyone who adds to this book or takes away. So I want you guys to think about that because we have the health, wealth, prosperity gospel. If you have to put a word in front of the gospel, it's not the gospel. You are adding to what God says. You're adding to the book. So be very, very careful um, who you listen to. That's just, I'm just being, I, I'm a watchman on the wall. And I pray, I mean, that's what, you know, the Lord has called me to do. So that's why it's always on my heart. <clears throat> so anyway, guys, you should check out Steve Kozar and his wife, Paulette Kozar. Um, they have the messed up church. It's called Hit the Bar. Check it out because they tear these false prophets and pastors apart. And so, and they use scripture to do it and explain to you why they are false prophets. So definitely check them out. Also check out Spencer Smith, Third Adam 1, 2, and 3. 
um, great, great documentaries. He spent a lot of work doing that. God bless him for that. He's also got several books now on Amazon. He's also got one on Christian quote. I say that air lightly airing quotes here, Christian rock and roll, which there is no such thing, but he does tell you the evil of rock and roll. So anyway, check all that out, you guys. Warren Wearsby's study Bible. And so he's got look into heaven. And so I wanted to just read a little bit um, out of his notes. And so, you know, chapters uh, 22, verses 12 through 14 goes, And behold, I'm coming quickly. My reward is with me. Um, he, his notes say that God knows of our sufferings and service, and nothing will ever be done in vain if it is done for him. So at the judgment seat of Christ, believers will be judged according to their works and rewards will be given to those who have been faithful. Of course, on the contrast, he says, verses 15 and 16 um, is between those who obey God's commandments and enter the city and those who reject his word and are excluded from the city. Those inside, those who do his commandments are probably not a, a special or elite group of saints. The phrase characterizes all the people of God. Obedience to God's word is a mark of true salvation. So he goes on to say believers um, ought also to invite lost sinners to trust Christ and drink the water of life. Indeed, when the church lives in expectancy of Christ's return, such an attitude provokes ministry and evangelism as well as purity of heart. We want to tell others about God's grace, a true understanding of Bible prophecy should both motivate us to obey God's word and to share God's invitation with a lost world. And that is right there is what my entire uh, ministry is all about. It's all summed up in those words right there. So, uh, you know, it provokes me to do God's will and um, to tell everybody about what Christ has done for me and what he can do for you because the time is short. And so, um, another thing he says, um, in ancient days, writers would often put this kind of warning at the close of their books because the people who copy them for public distribution might be tempted to tamper with the material. So John's warning, however, was not addressed to a writer, but to the hearer. So the believer in the congregation where this book was read aloud. So by analogy, however, it would apply to anyone reading and studying the book today. So remember that, folks. Remember God's warning. So Jesus warns us, remember, and I'm going to read it again because it's so important. This is verse uh, 18 from uh, chapter 22 in the book of Revelation. For I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to these things, God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the prophecy of this, uh, takes, I'm sorry, and if anyone, uh, takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God will take away his part from the book of life, from the holy city, and from the things which are written in this book. And he says, Behold, I am coming quickly. And he goes, Surely I am coming quickly. And we all say, Even so, come Lord Jesus. So, how exciting is this? So, I mean, I tell you, whew, if this doesn't motivate you to study the book of Revelation or get into Bible prophecy to find out what's coming and what has already happened that God said was going to happen that did happen. I don't know. I don't know what else will. But anyway, hopefully uh, you could get in and, and read Zechariah and Daniel and Isaiah. And oh my gosh, there's just so much, so much, so much. So, um, but I did want to read. Here's this, uh, 22 verses 1 through 5. And it's the pure river. 
and uh oh, oh my goodness it's, it's beautiful so he goes, he goes the interior of the city is like a beautiful garden reminiscent of the garden of eden eden had four rivers but heaven only has one ezekiel saw a purifying river flowing from the temple certainly a millennial scene and that was ezekiel 47 uh, but this river will flow directly from god's throne the very source of all purity humans were prohibited from eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and prevented from eating of the tree of life back in genesis but in the eternal home people will have access to the tree of life the river and the tree symbolize abundant life in this glorious city and of course as we seek to serve the lord here on earth we are constantly handicapped by sin and weakness but all hindrances will be gone when we get to glory perfect service will happen in a perfect environment oh how wonderful is that how wonderful we oh, i just can't imagine oh it's going to be so exciting not to worry about sin and all of that. Oh, goodness gracious. What a day that will be. So he says, we must read and obey God's word because what John wrote is the word of God. His words are faithful and true. The same God who spoke through the prophets also spoke through the apostle John. As the capstone of God's revelation, John's book cannot be divorced from the rest of the Bible. If we deny that John wrote the book, then we must also deny all of the prophets. So anyway, he says, uh, so that that's there in that's the Warren Wearsby um, study Bible notes right there. And uh, so, guys, get in the word of God. Let the word of God get into you. And as always, Maranatha, Lord Jesus, Maranatha. Thank you guys so much for listening and joining me uh, for this uh, wonderful study in the book of Revelation. And I hope, I hope it encourages you. I hope it builds up your faith. I hope it, it stirs you up um, to want to dig into the word of God. It gives you a new hunger and a new thirst um, for his word because his word is living and active and you get something different from it every time you read it. The Holy Spirit will speak to you. So I um, always ask for discernment. So my prayer for everybody is, is that during these times, uh, during these end days, that God uh, will give you his peace and uh, will be your strength. And uh, as we always say, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, which means we can do all things to bring glory to God and to get uh, the word of salvation to this world. And so uh, that is my prayer is that we will all seek um, to tell the lost world um, about our Savior, Jesus Christ. And may the Lord bless that and may the Lord bless you and keep you. Uh, and may his face always shine upon you. And may we just put our trust in Christ. And as we draw near to him, he will draw near to us. And I ask these things in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Thank you all so much. May God bless each and every one of you. 